Hello, I'm Pete Bone, and welcome to Wisdom, Leadership, and Success, Real Talk About Life. You can subscribe to this blog and podcast at my websites, www.realtalkaboutlife.com or petebowen.net. It's also available on iTunes and other podcast services. Welcome back to our blog series, Wisdom in Love versus Postmodern Power. This is our eighth session, and we'll be talking about the postmodern paradigm. We've been talking through this about why we have so much conflict in our society and unhappiness in our lives. The primary reason is that we have three conflicting understandings of life at work in our society. It's like trying to play a game of basketball, football, golf. I call it basket foot golf. The conflicting rules of the games make it impossible to combine them into a single game. If you try, it will inevitably lead to conflict and deep frustration. Are you supposed to move the ball forward by dribbling it, or running with it, or using a club? What's the proper club selection on third down from the free throw line? Do you win by scoring the most points or the fewest strokes? You can't play all three in a combined game. It's impossible. Basket foot golf, of course, is a metaphor for the three understandings of life that are in conflict in our society today. The wisdom paradigm, the modern paradigm, and the postmodern paradigm. As we discussed in earlier blogs, the wisdom paradigm is the way all the world's great religions and philosophies have thought about life over thousands of years. The wisdom paradigm teaches that all people have the same human nature and purpose in life, and that's for happiness. A big 80-year ongoing Harvard study confirms something you already know. Happiness in life doesn't come from money or your social status or your education level. Happiness in life comes from high-quality relationships. Good relationships won't just make you happier, you'll also be healthier and you'll live longer. Knowing that our purpose in life is happiness, reason tells us what we need to do to get there. The wisdom paradigm says that all relationships are covenant relationships. In covenant relationships, the good of the individual and the good of the team are the same. Covenant relationships are high trust, high performance, high stability relationships. The wisdom paradigm teaches us that there's an objective morality with moral facts. For example, it's a fact that practicing moral virtues like courage, wisdom, honesty, justice, and love help us develop good relationships that bring happiness. It's also a fact that practicing moral vices like addiction, cowardice, and dishonesty destroy relationships and will inevitably lead to unhappiness. In Europe in the 15 and 1600s, however, things began to change. Religious wars were tearing Europe apart. Different Christian religions had conflicting versions of what salvation was, of what happiness was, and they had different ways to get there. Those religious wars were brutal. Thinkers of the time responded by creating a whole new way of understanding life the modern paradigm. These new modern thinkers needed to find a way to get people to live together without killing each other over religion. So they split life into public life and private life. They put our destination in life, happiness, into the private side so that we stopped fighting about it publicly. That helped with the religious fighting, but it created other problems. When it came to morality, modern thinkers had to come up with a new way to justify objective morality with moral facts. They tried to do that using pure reason alone. 
as we'll see again later in this podcast, that attempt created some big problems. Modern thinkers also redefined human relationships from covenant relationships into contract relationships. In contract relationships, what's good for the individual and the team are opposite. And that's a big change from covenant relationships. For example, in contract relationships, in the relationship between an employee and a company, the employee wants more money for less work, while the company wants more work for less money. Contract relationships end up being low trust, low performance, and unstable relationships. Finally, remember that the modern paradigm is a whole new way of looking at life. So it impacted every aspect of society, including art, literature, education, religion, music, government, work, politics, everything. During the late 1800s and early 1900s, it became clear that the modern paradigm's attempts to establish an objective morality and truth and facts was failing. Philosophers like Nietzsche wrote books like The Genealogy of Morals and Beyond Good and Evil. Nietzsche's genealogy of morals did the same thing with morality. It described the failure of modern philosophers to prove that there are moral facts. This failure wasn't limited to moral facts. It also failed to prove that there's an objective truth, facts, or justice. That meant it was time to go beyond the old categories of good and evil and embrace a new postmodern reality where there is no objective truth, no objective morality, no objective justice. In fact, there's no facts at all. Postmodern thinkers argued that all the categories that society teaches us are facts about life, like the existence of good and evil, are false. They're just social constructs that we've been programmed to believe by our parents, the media, our schools and churches and government. In the postmodern paradigm, there's no objective truth, only your personal truth. No objective morality, just your personal morality. There are no facts, just your feelings. We began to see life through the postmodern lens of everything is in the eye of the beholder. This new postmodern reality changes how we think about every aspect of society, including family, human nature, art, language work, law, philosophy, theology, education. It changes how we think about government and music and architecture and science and even health. It changes everything. There's no deeper purpose or meaning in life, just whatever purpose or meaning you make for yourself. With no objective truth, morality, justice, or purpose in life, all that matters is power. Postmodern thinking sees all relationships as power relationships. There are three keys to remembering the postmodern paradigm. One, there's no truth or morality or facts. Everything's in the eye of the beholder. Two, there's no purpose or meaning in life. Three, all that matters is power. All relationships are power relationships. Over the last 120 years, European and American society has slowly become postmodern. Nietzsche was still relatively unknown when he died in 1900, but his writings and ways of thinking became increasingly influential in universities through the 1920s. Europe and America were recovering from World War I, 
It was a horrible and wasteful war that killed millions through modern technology like the machine gun and poison gas. World War I was a war between nations at the apex of the modern paradigm, and it destroyed an entire generation of young men and millions of women and children. The incredible death, destruction, and loss caused people to lose confidence in the modern paradigm. It created fertile ground for postmodern thinking to take root in universities in the 1920s and 30s. Postmodern thinkers made it their mission to directly challenge and overthrow the social constructs, the rules of modern society that they thought led to this carnage. The incredible horrors of World War II, the Holocaust, and the hydrogen bomb undermined trust in older institutions, especially in Europe and added momentum to postmodern thinking. You can do the math and figure out that those who were going through college in the 1920s, when they were about 20 years old, became the leaders of higher education by the 1960s. As these postmodern thinkers took over the colleges and universities, they hired several generations of other postmodern thinkers to fill the humanities departments in those universities. Thinkers like J.R. Tolkien and C.S. Lewis wrote books like Lord of the Rings and the Chronicles of Narnia in opposition to this rising postmodern thinking in universities. Today, over 90% of college professors in the humanities embrace elements of postmodern thinking. Postmodern thinking dominates college humanities. The wisdom paradigm teaches that human nature is the same across cultures and throughout history. That's why today we can read and share experiences of love, betrayal, and courage across the ages and across cultures. In the wisdom paradigm, your purpose in life is to achieve happiness by fulfilling your human nature. In contrast, the postmodern paradigm teaches that human nature is not constant. Human nature is the product of social programming. Human nature can be changed by programming people with different social constructs. The idea that there are differences between men and women? Nothing more than a social construct. The idea that human beings are a special species on the planet? Nothing more than a social construct. Justice, morality, love, family, happiness, all of them? Nothing deeper or transcendent about any of these. They are nothing more than social constructs. You don't believe them because they are true. You believe them because that's how you've been programmed. In reality, they're nothing more than our own made-up understandings. It goes further. Postmodern thinking rejects reason and logic as ways to prove facts or truth. Reason and logic themselves are also just social constructs that those in power use to program you. That's why postmodern thinking emphasizes narrative. A narrative is simply a collection of ideas arranged to talk you into agreeing with those in power. No objective truth just personal truth. No objective morality, just your personal morality. Postmodern thinking rejects reason, logic, and facts for narrative. Everything is in the eye of the beholder. In postmodern thinking, beauty is in the eye of the beholder. That means when you say the Grand Canyon is beautiful, you're not recognizing something deep or transcendent about the Grand Canyon. You're just saying that you like it a lot. So the Grand Canyon is not inherently or intrinsically beautiful. Beautiful is not a quality the canyon possesses on its own. Rather, the beauty of the Grand Canyon only exists in your mind. Beauty is not a fact, it's just something you feel. 
Beauty is a value that you put on the Grand Canyon. This way of thinking, where there are no facts, just feelings, applies to supposed truths that we may take for granted, like physical health. Most of us think that good health is a fact and that it includes having a good weight, good blood pressure, and a good cholesterol, and eating well, and getting good rest. In contrast, in postmodern thinking, good health is not a fact or truth, but a value that's in the eye of the beholder. In postmodern thinking, it's not a fact that being 130 pounds is better than being 700 pounds. They are simply different lifestyle choices, different values. Good health is nothing more than a phrase that others use to exercise power over you. If they can program you to believe that good health is important, they can use that to sell you things like diet plans and health club memberships. Does it sound too crazy to be true? Go to the internet and search for pro-ana, P-R-O-A-N-A, or thinspiration, or thinspo, and check out the websites that advocate for anorexia as a legitimate lifestyle choice. In postmodern thinking, morality, like everything else, is in the eye of the beholder. Morality goes from the idea that there are moral facts, virtues like honesty and courage and love and justice, to the idea that morality is nothing more than personal opinion or values. Morality is nothing more than how much you value something. Behaviors aren't right and wrong. They only have the value that you give them. Well, everybody has values. The Parkland school shooter valued shooting his classmates. The 9-11 bombers valued killing Americans. Hitler valued genocide. None of these are any better or worse than whatever values you hold. The point of postmodern thinking is that it's impossible to prove that helping the homeless is better than murdering the homeless. The two actions are morally equivalent. This is moral subjectivism. Morality is in the eye of the beholder. Thanks for listening. Stay tuned for our next session in which we'll discuss postmodern purpose, community, power, freedom, and how they develop children. I'm Pete Bowen. Thanks for listening to Wisdom, Leadership, and Success, Real Talk About Life. I hope you've enjoyed the podcast. Please visit our websites, realtalkaboutlife.com or petebowen.net, where you can find additional information and subscribe to this podcast. I'd love to hear your comments and questions and get your ideas on how we can make this podcast better. Finally, please share us on social media with your friends. Thanks for listening.